Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Hello and welcome to another episode of Reba Watchables. I am your co-host, Natalie. And I'm Johnny. And uh, we got our first guest. It's a big deal. First of many, hopefully. I think it's an exciting... We had to put a lot of thought into our first guest because it's like... I think we're going to have a lot of talented guests. And we're going to have a lot of guests who are passionate about Reba. But we figured the first one needed to be both of those things. (laughs) And so, like, I assume that some future guests will just be one or the other. But, so our first guest, we're excited to have Abby Johnston. She is, she used to be with Texas Monthly. She used to be with the Texas Observer. She used to be at Frontline. And now she is the deputy editor of 19th News. Um, So, yeah, Abby, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And honestly, when you were doing that intro, I thought you were going to say some of these guests are talented. Some of these guests are into Reba and this one is neither. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you're like, I, you, you, uh, you could have been self-deprecating, but you know, you're definitely into Reba, right? (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Yeah. You're very open about that. That didn't necessarily work. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I own my Reba standum. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like this is a this is a podcast for people who believe that the revolution has already been televised. You know, so <laughs> that's we we welcome a fellow member of the clan. Um, I mean, so Abby, please tell us a little bit about your Reba journey. You know, where where did it start? Where are you now? So okay, this might be a dumb question, but do just the show or the woman and the show? I think the two are just kind of necessarily intertwined for us. You know, if this is like each episode is like an episode of Reba, you know, so we're, we've got a TV focus, but we're always like kind of trying to integrate Reba, the person, the legend, if you will, into <laughs> our analysis. Yeah. I, I mean, so I grew up in East Texas. I grew up in Huntsville. Um, you know, not too far from where Reba would be set in the show. So outside of Houston, but I, I guess I, I don't know. I I grew up with her just keep being ubiquitous. Right. You know, there's only one radio station that gets in through the pines in Huntsville (laughs) and it's country. And so, you know, we grew up listening to a lot of like nineties, late eighties country by like mid aughts, my dad had had enough of that, but um, yeah, I mean, Reba was just always on. She was always around, and she's just kind of this fairy godmother for anyone who's been exposed to her. I just don't know anyone who's listened to Reba McIntyre or seen her gorgeous head of hair and just been like, <laughs> "For me." But the show, you know, we weren't a really big cable family. You know, sitcoms weren't a big part of my life in terms of like watching them live, Mm -hmm. but I would have these shows that I would kind of put on or I guess I didn't put them on because at the time they, you couldn't pick. Unlike now where I can watch like 10 episodes of Reba right in a row. (laughs) Um, But you know, it would be on when I got home from school, like just reruns 
Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I was ever watching it, you know, tuning in on Sunday nights or whenever it played, but I think just over watching things after school and seeing it come on over and over, I just sort of picked up the whole general show. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I think I've probably seen every episode by now, but maybe never in order. Which right. Is strange. <laughs> I feel like people younger than us, I think you're our age, basically, like younger than us, like they're conditioned to like have to watch every show right. in order, which like, yeah, if it's like Mad Men or something, but like, I feel like none of us w watch these kind of shows in order. Mm -hmm. It was like, you just turn them on and it's like, you're basically watching them in a show because like. You know, pe like, certain people are like, oh, like, how are you going to get it? And it's like, I don't, because I figured it out. I don't know. Like, three also, minutes into the episode, you're like, I mean, it's not supposed I to be, like, I get the sequential. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's I... It's called context clues. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we're such talented writers, is because we piece all these things together. <laughs> Did, uh, so, like, your memories of, like, watching Reba in earnest, what... Like, around what age would that be for you? Mm, I I mean, it would have started probably when I... Because it, it started in 2001. Right. So I would have been 11 at that time. Okay. Yeah. That's so And strange. then, yeah, I think I remember in high school, especially seeing a lot of reruns and recognizing, oh, I'd seen this episode before, but still <laughs> watching still, it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, like, like, the idea would just be like, well, this is a good one, and, like, not changing the channel. Wow. Well, I hope. And also, what other options do I have? Yeah, right, right. Wow, I want to know what one of those, some of those like multiple time classics are. You know, I know it's like you wouldn't remember now, but hopefully, if you follow along, continue to follow along with the pod, you know, you'll be like, oh, I remember that one. You know. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, y'all have got me down a full out rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, I, I had, I knew my homework was to watch one episode, and I was like, um. What if we watched more? <laughs> uh, I was also really sick. I got the um, second Moderna vaccine, oh, right, which right. was very well worth it. Um, but it kind of laid me out. So it was like prime TV watching time, you sure. know? Yeah. Definitely. It's like, you know, that like, it's good to watch something that you watched when you were young, when you were sick, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like staying at home to watch Reba is, is how it would have been. Back in the think. day. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so this episode, we'll get into this one. We're, yeah. we're trying to get better at like summing up the episode really quickly. Uh, Without going down a million like, Going down tangents, but I, it's probably like a fail. <laughs> it's like, kind of a Because the point is like, all right, we're going to say what happened in the episode and then we'll get into it. And it's like impossible to get like past like the beginning the of the first two plot weird line. things. Um, all right, but <laughs> six, all right, so everybody listening, keeping track, this is the sixth episode it's called The Man in the Moon. It was written by Leonard R. Garner Jr. Right. Fave. No, I'm sorry. It was directed by him. <laughs> um, it was written by Chris Albergini uh -huh. and Mike Chesler. And this is pretty big because it's the first episode that either of them wrote, which... I'd like to believe will mean that like they're planning a lot of Easter eggs of like <laughs> their tag on these episodes. Um, came out November 9th, two thousand one. So this is kind of like the two month anniversary of nine eleven. 
and almost just, almost obviously <laughs> uh and kind of just like the nation beginning to, to heal, heal yeah and, you know with reva sort of planning thanksgiving like the first time seeing relatives uh post 9-11 maybe getting on an airplane <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> new um, security measures shoe bombers you know a yeah. lot of this is just kind of like we like to set like the cultural context stage yeah. basically of what we remember of 2011 which <laughs> isn't much um, but. um and it is there were 5.3 million u.s viewers that's the the most viewers for any reba episode to this point to so date, which will tie oh, interesting mm-hmm. I, I wonder if people were taking solace in reba oh i'm gonna send us down a rabbit hole okay i'm yeah. gonna shut up now oh no 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 no, no. i mean do you have any like special memories of november 2011 or 2011 jesus 2001 <laughs> even I, longer ago than that <laughs> like yeah like do you i mean <laughs> i don't think this is gonna be this probably shouldn't be a podcast where we just like every guest were like so like <laughs> like what was your 9-11 experience like but <laughs> do you remember being like the world has changed and then getting back to normal is that is that how you think of reba as a I guess, but you were, we weren't all watching it live. I yes, guess. we were watching it right? Yeah. But. I I guess I could just see it, you know, because I remember in the immediate aftermath, and my dad is not a TV watcher at all except for sports. That's okay. the only thing that he's going to watch on TV. Um, big news guy, you know, he likes to read the newspaper. He still gets a newspaper, mm-hmm. which as a journalist is really heartening to yeah. me. But that was the only time I can remember him having the news on uh, as for every single waking hour. Sure. He, he, he was just totally glued to it. And so I could see a world in which a lot of people were doing the same thing. You know, they just really needed this information. They wanted to understand what was happening. And then all of a sudden you would have this kind of turning point where you can engage in anything other than this giant event that right, happened. Yeah. Definitely. And it's like, obviously back then, I mean, like we're talking about just the way media was consumed. It's like you watch the news and like what, I mean, A, more people were watching news because it was much more of like the primary source of, you know, information besides the newspaper. Like, and so what came on right after the news like mattered Reba. because yeah and I don't know that it was Reba but if it was it would just be like you know or maybe there was something like between the news and Reba that's kind of like a buffer you know that like you couldn't handle I don't know like people were half paying attention to like the George Lopez show like trying to you know like wait until Reba came on yeah and then by the time Reba comes on they're like you know let's just like settle in like uh but yeah, they no. had George Lopez open for Reba. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I do kind of have like a theory that like they are like extremely similar shows. Yeah, because I, I think that like, I mean, it, obviously, like in some sense, like every every sitcom is like similar. It's just like they show the house in between the scenes and play some music, and then it's like a quick like isn't life crazy sort of plot line. But I don't know. I mean it. I think I watched that show more than I watched Reba. I like. Wow, the truth comes out. Yeah, no. Should well, you I... actually be hosting a George Lopez podcast? Well, I'm recording like... the George Lopez watchables <laughs> after this. <laughs> and Abby's actually double booked. 
<laughs> oh god i don't have much to say about the george lopez but, rewatchable. Yeah. i mean i don't really have enough to continue this point but <laughs> <laughs> but why don't we actually in our like we'll go on forever like natalie do you want to to as to quickly as the two of us are possible like okay. break down what happened in this episode um Okay, so episode opens, Reba is struggling with her uh, disposal in her sink. Her children are kind of mocking her because she's, like, trying to fix it. The situation ends with her shoving a rake down the sink because apparently that's how her now ex-husband, Brock of Brock fame, uh, used to fix it. And then, like... So her kids are like, well, you just call a plumber. And so she does. And he turns out to be, like, kind of hunky, I guess, according to everyone in the episode. He's not the kind of guy who I would, like, look at and really think, like, oh, he's, like, hubba hubba, you know. But, like, both, I guess it's mostly Barbara Jean who seems to be, like, kind of enamored of him because she, of course, shows up, like, the second he does because they're just there for some reason. Um... But yeah, and Brock gets all huffy, one that she like hired a plumber, so he feels like his manliness is being threatened, that he's being replaced, you know, in the household, even though he's already left the household, as we all know. Um, And she's like, well, what am I supposed to do? The sink is broken, you know? And Brock is like kind of jealous, and he's like, the plumber is hitting on you, the plumber is hitting on you. Um... And then basically, long story short, turns out the plumber is hitting on her. And then we, they kind of go on a weird non-date to a faucet store to buy Reba a new <laughs> yeah. faucet. An after hours faucet store. Right, exactly. They meet at five o'clock <laughs> yeah. to go to a faucet store, which was a little bit implausible. Um, but, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, we can ex- suspend our disbelief a little bit for Reba. Um and yeah, at, at the end of the day, Reba tells Brock off basically for being jealous. And she's like, you know what? It's fine if I were to want to date. I'm just not ready yet. And then the B plot is about Cheyenne getting back in her groove or something. Getting her groove back. That's the phrase I'm looking for. <laughs> um, hanging out with her friends, going out on the town uh, because Van encourages her to. He's like, you should be having fun, you know, in these last weeks before you're like too pregnant to do anything and her idea of fun is riding go van on her butt and mooning the team bus with all of her friends um and he gets really embarrassed and then and she's like i cannot believe you would oppress me in this way which is sort of an uh unexpectedly like feminist moment for cheyenne we can (laughs) get into more of that later and then she's embarrassed because somebody posted on the internet um that's kind of the b plot and yeah. it all comes back. That never really was sort of satisfyingly resolved. It was right. just sort of like Cheyenne's butts on the internet. Yeah, now. it just happened. <laughs> yeah, there, there wasn't like any closure to that except that like, well. <laughs> except like. Reba be, and then Reba just eventually telling her that like happened to me too. Like there's a lot of like, like very inappropriate like, yeah, look, it happens. Sometimes people take pictures of you naked and they end up places in public like, places and they kind of just are like well that's just life it's like okay. right yeah that was, wasn't wasn't the best uh resolution but it's it's all right abby what was your take on this episode as a whole any high points low yeah. points as anything an experienced reviewer anything that stood out to you <laughs> 
Well, I did want to touch on what y'all were just getting at, which was just the lack of closure in this Cheyenne plot. But I guess we should probably start with the overall, um, you know, Reba getting back out there, kind yeah. of. Yeah. You yeah. know, this is like not the sexy. Accidentally, yes. It's not the sexiest date ever, although <laughs> I bought a house last year. And so like going to a faucet store at this point does sound like my idea of a good time. <laughs> But I don't know. It was nice to see her back out there and just, even if it was sort of a flop, just spreading her wings and owning that she is maybe getting ready to reemerge like post Brock. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was like nice and special. And what I was really hoping though, from the top of the episode, because I did not remember this. uh, So, you know, when there was a broken sink, I was like, ah, is Reba going to become a plumber? Is that the journey we're about to go on? <laughs> that yeah. would have been incredible. It, Maybe that'll happen in a future episode. It definitely like set up a little bit of the beginning of like it was going to be this like macho showdown between the handyman and Brock, and they were both going to try to like out, you know, uh, macho each other about the sink, and then like she would be the one to fix it. That I kind of saw it going that way too. Yeah, that's that what I was funny. really, really hoping for. Man, I also would like to just note because this bothered me the entire time, and maybe I blacked out for like a microsecond and missed this. But this whole episode was about her sink getting fixed, and there was no joke about like her pipes, right? You know? like, <laughs> right. This is like overly sexual, right? Like, yeah. Right there, I and mean, no one ever said it. Yeah, they made the like. Brock made the joke that was like, "Are you talking about the size of my?" Right. Yeah, there was and, that was the only innuendo. I don't even think it was like a good. I don't even think it was like. It was just kind of weird. It was yeah. like a very specific like tool that people didn't know, you know, and it was just like. Yeah, and the the easy joke, the low-hanging fruit was right there. Right. (laughs) So we've already, like, punched up two Reba jokes here. We didn't even do the segment officially, but it's like we're we're already on our way. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, No, I totally agree about, like, Reba getting back out there. And I do want to say the plumber guy and Reba, like, on their little faucet outing, I could feel some genuine chemistry there. You know, I wouldn't honestly be mad if the plumber, like, returned you know, back into the picture and they pursued something real. I don't know. Yeah, he was a nice guy. I mean, yeah, they were both I, I also, they were so nervous. <laughs> I, I wanted some backstory from him too. Like, yeah. I would have loved <laughs> some sort of, you know, sit down and like, I just got a divorce too. It's tough. Huh? Right. Like, and they kind of like, and maybe like growing out and smoking cigars or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. know. I yeah. mean, or he's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, there should have been like the extra scene at the end, like the little scene. That's what I call it in the sitcom when there's like a two second scene when it's at the end. <laughs> is like it should have been like him, like you just said, like he's smoking a cigar and like the young son is like, I don't know, eating a cookie and they're just like talking about life, <laughs> women you know, or something. Yeah, like, like women, ladies. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? yeah. <laughs> That would have been a perfect yes. Yeah. Why aren't you writing for this show? Oh, the show's you, not on anymore. But, well, this is... This what is do you think this podcast time. is like? Yeah. It ends to a mean for the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Means to an end. Uh, but, 
Yeah, I mean, I do think, yeah, what you're saying about, like, wanting to know more about that guy, it's like, I think, in general, he came across as a nice guy, and it was all very sweet, and, like, but I was thinking that there's this sort of, like, thin line of what he did, what he pulled with Reba, like, generally seems, like, fairly innocent and sweet, but then all of a sudden, like, if you just were to add has he ever done exactly that to, like, another woman that he's (laughs) fixed their possible for? Then it's like, oh, man, this guy, maybe this guy is not so great. The predatory plumber? He also did it super casually. (laughs) Like, it definitely didn't seem like something that, like, it seemed like a a move that he had in his back pocket. Yeah. Well, there was a whole, like, line about, or a kind of subplot. She was like, oh, no, he couldn't be asking me on a date. Like, he's the plumber. And it's like, there is, like, something pretty insidious about someone being in your home and then putting you in the position, you know, especially if it's a man and woman, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I I, I, It could go sideways. Yeah, exactly. Also, like, I mean, maybe y'all can speak to this. I don't know. I also thought it was, like, really funny that, like, he was, like, basically, like, plumber guy in the beginning. I mean, I guess it's sort of, like, like touched on that he's, like, good-looking, but, like, you know. But then he comes to pick her up, and he's like, all he's done is, like, changed into khakis. And, and like, Reba's, the entire like, thing swooning. is like, Yeah, it's like, this is, like, it was just an absolute game-changer. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, wearing just a basic, like, guy outfit, and she's like, ooh-la-la. I also, like, I said to Johnny during the episode, like, the weird jokes that Reba was making in the faucet store, I was like, Reba 110%, like, makes those jokes in real life, like, if she were on a date. <laughs> like, that just feel that felt, like, very authentically Reba to me, based on Reba, a person I do not know, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I like that she just went for it and climbed into an empty, like, cloth foot yeah. bathtub. Right. And also just, I mean, like... Yeah, the fact that that place was open at, like, whatever, 6 o'clock, <laughs> and seemed to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, like you're saying, like, she just gets in the bathtub, and, like, the other customers are like, oh, they must be on a date, you know? Like, as if right. any of this is normal. <laughs> a classic yeah. first date spot in the Houston suburbs. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I believe it. Um, but, yeah, did you have any, like, favorite moments? I mean, I think the bathtub thing was up there because I was just thinking about what I would do if I was a bystander (laughs) in the store watching this woman climb into the bathtub and then having this kind of sort of stilted get to know you conversation with someone else. Yeah, I I don't know. Imagining that was pretty fun for me. But no, I think really, you know, it was kind of the, the classic like Reba moment, the Reba wrap up. Uh, where she's sending him away you know she's having this real talk with him like you know I'm not quite ready you know and also by proxy having real talk with herself and then Brock is there and she has to go through this with him and she kind of gives him the what what like he's like trying to you know get jealous about her getting back on the field and she just calls him on his shit. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. she, she just basically breaks it down for him as like, you, you know, you don't actually fear for my safety or anything like that. It's just hard for you to watch me. 
Yeah. And I just love those moments where you see her just be like, no, 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 no. This is my narrative. Like, you're not going to put right. yourself into and you, it. Like, her posture when she's in those moments, like, she's, like, fully leaned back in the chair. Like, she's just oh, like, yeah. I'm about to, like, lay some shit on you. And, <laughs> and then you're going to walk out my back door and, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, the, the, best, the, the cap on all of that, he's like, are you sure you don't want me to fix the faucet? And she's like, nope. Yeah. Reba will fix the faucet herself. Right. Yeah. Exactly. She's got her box with her new fa- her new faucet. Yeah. Hand delivered. Um, <laughs> but then y'all so y'all have to it sounds like Abby, you had some thoughts about the uh like the B plot and how it just sort of I don't know, like what was like did y'all feel like that was not really like it was more silly and not like lesson learned sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was just like a thing that was happening that I don't know if they were trying to say anything there, except that, like, oh, it's, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about the way that wrapped up? They didn't say anything, but they had the opportunity to. Yeah. So what I thought it was going to be, oh, first off, I didn't realize that Steve Howey was from San Antonio until today. Hmm. So the guy who plays Van. Okay. So that's, I'm a huge, good huge, trivia. huge fan of Shameless. Okay, and so yeah. when I saw him, I freaked out. I was like, that's Kevin from right. Shameless. Well, that's what I was, I brought that up because I had seen, I had watched Shameless. I don't think I'm like caught up, but I had watched, I watched most of it and then started watching this and I had the same thing. Like, this is the dude from Shameless. I was like a little kid. And then like, I think I brought up on a different episode of like, it's also funny that he's like essentially the same character. <laughs> he's just like, yes. played, he's just grown up and placed in a different setting. But did yeah. you, is this like, is rewatching it now how you did the math that it's like the guy from Shameless? Like when you watch Shameless, did you realize it was the guy from Reba? No. Does that make sense? Not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really bad with, uh, with actors' faces, you know, especially if there's been a long time, like sure. between their, them being young and old. I, I can, I frequently mix actors up. But he, A, looks the exact same. And B, like you said, has the exact same character. And so, you know, just watching his mannerisms, like he just got to directly translate that over, you know, however many years later right. into a completely different show. Yeah. Did the amount of money the other made, shame? like just being oh. lovable dumbass. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, did everyone did you realize you notice the other shameless cameo in the episode before this one? Oh shit! In the the potato salad episode. Uh huh. No, I didn't. So. It's William H Macy. One of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just like a doorman. Yes. So, um, one of the the cheerleaders. It is V, Kevin's hmm. wife. Oh shit! That's crazy. I was, yeah. You know, it was like about. To, I was about to say the dumbest possible thing. I was about to be like, "Do you think they met on that set?" As if that's a real couple. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, Shameless is real, right? <laughs> it's a reality. No, I did not notice that. That is, like, pretty random, though. Those two should yeah. have a podcast together. <laughs> they should. Tales from Reba and Shameless. <laughs> should we try to do a segment or more than one segment? Of, oh, like, start. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were like, is that a segment? Can we do a new, like... How many things have, how many shameless actors have been? Okay, so we have a couple segments. We'll go through whichever ones we have time for. 
so the first one is probably the most, the only one that takes a lot of explaining. And a lot of people think that our podcast name was stolen from a different podcast, but we don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people mm-hmm. think that, like, this segment is stolen from a segment from their podcast, <laughs> but we still don't know what they're talking about. Um, so this is the J.R. Smith Award, <laughs> and it's for character who makes, like, a big, like, does something dumb, like, makes a huge mistake, whatever it is, like, causes chaos but is ultimately like still lovable at the end of the episode and usually this is really easy yeah because it's usually banned banned. yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but this one it didn't i don't think anyone like stood out as like making a mistake yeah i mean because like brock i mean brock did but but he's not lovable at the end yeah um i mean maybe like maybe the plumber <laughs> that's true it's like plumber okay like I, yeah you could say plumber like made the mistake of like going into a home of someone who trusted him to just come into that home to do work and then invited her on a date well and then like, he like tried to kiss her that and, was probably okay, like the exactly. mistake part and really to kiss her. it was like and she was like, mm, no thanks. But he but was he like, understanding. Right. He was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, Took don't even worry about it. Like, yeah. He stride and understood. I guess that's that might be as close as we're going to get, unless you can think of something else, Abby. I mean, I'm going to throw this out here, and I might lose steam on this like halfway through. <laughs> but like I, want, <laughs> I, I want to maybe make the case for it being banned. Okay. I'm sorry that that is unoriginal, but. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I think so the the lesson that they could have taken from this was you know van sort of being controlling saying hey I don't want you to moon people you're right. my wife and then coming around and being like you know what honey it's okay moon all you want to or something like that right. um but instead he, he, he it, they just dropped that essentially like he got away right. with it he um so they were voting at some point on which of the high school girls butts were the best in this right photo, which, which is, is a weird problematic yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and he threatened to beat everyone up at school if they voted for cheyenne uh which she was very easily identifiable because she wrote go van on her right butt. right but or someone wrote that in her butt <laughs> she <laughs> probably true. didn't write it on her own butt yeah that would have been a lot really of impressive <laughs> yeah but by you know telling people not to vote for her he gave her sort of this classic teenage girl complex right where she's like wrestling between being really embarrassed, but also like, if my photo is going to be on the internet, if my butt is going to be on the internet, I want people to vote for it. And I think that it totally derailed this lesson that could have happened, which is ban, you know, let your wife moon people if she wants to maybe loosen up a little bit when you tell her to get out, like, understand that she's going to be largely confined to the house probably for the next like four years of her life raising right right. minivan (laughs) that was like a genuinely funny joke that they like that they (laughs) milked 
how how early do you think they thought that they could use that? They like like promised to the writers room like promised themselves that they'd wait to the second season and they made it like six episodes. <laughs> like they they definitely like should have waited till the baby was born, but they're like, no, we're gonna do it now. I also feel like. <laughs> I wanted to point out, like, I did think the jokes in this episode were overall stronger than we've seen so far. Like, the average mm. joke was a little better, I think. Yeah. Am I crazy? No, I think it was, like, because it, it's hard when it's, like, this, uh, I guess, multi-cam, like, sitcom with the laugh track or the audience or whatever, where, like, as the viewer, when the joke is, like, so bad... Mm-hmm. And then they, like, double down with a laugh. You're kind of, like, it really takes you out of it. And this didn't feel like that, I don't think. I mean, like, you I could thought, play along and laugh. It's, I mean... Just throw a chuckle in. <laughs> yeah. We're just so early, you know? Like, it's felt like some some of the, like, first episodes that we've been recapping, like, they've really been just finding their footing, you know? And, like, this one felt like the rhythm was a little smoother, even with right. some of the incongruities. Okay. We could do most incongruous. Right. Okay. So for J.R. Smith Award, so I guess so. Abby, you're kind of you're saying like Ben was like right there, like like the award was right there for him to take, and he kind of like didn't, didn't quite, quite get it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think that's as good as we're gonna get for this episode. That's a good. I nomination. like the plumber too, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the like if the su- the son could have done anything, the young son at the end. Because, like, he, all he did was, like, laugh at the rake, getting, yeah. not, you know, yeah. I mean. That was literally <laughs> his only contribution. So he could have just done anything and positive he would have won. Have won. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, next award or category is most incongruous moment. So basically just, like, I, I definitely have one. Um, and it's basically, okay. like, do you have anything that, um, whether it was a line or, like, an action or something that happened where you're just, like, why, why did that... They why forgot that to cut this in post. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can start. I'll, I'll say that the uh, Ted Koppel's impression yeah. <laughs> was truly, oh. like, a strange... Like, it made me think, like, is this show improvised? Like, why why did she do that? <laughs> and I, like, I get that it, it was, like, a weird, like, anti-joke. It was, like, what if I make a joke that's, like, not a joke? It, like it's so random that it's like funny date. I guess they obviously like funny date fodder, like, but it's also like she's trying to flirt and she did it like a bad dead couple's impression. But it was it like followed up the dirty Harry quote with a very random little moment that you would have thought would have just been like her playing off of, with her own western quote or her own dirty hairy quote Clint Eastwood quote but she was just like check out my dead couples and it was like hi I'm Ted Couples and yeah that was that was a little odd a little out there did you guys have anything that stood out to y'all I mean I don't know Abby you go ahead I mean not really I did think the only I thought BJ being really over the top about the plumber was very strange. (laughs) It was weird because Brock was like right there and it's not like a situation where they've been married for 50 years, you know, in which that kind of vibe makes a little more sense. You know, it's like they just got together 
you know. Right. And she also has spent a lot of time establishing herself as someone who really wants to please him. Right. Right. No. So that was a pretty blatant, like, wait, what? And I guess that's how hard they had to pitch it to make us believe that this guy was hot. They wanted to be like, no, 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 (laughs) y'all, you're supposed to think he's hot. See? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, they were, like, not sure that people would understand that, like, this guy being into Reba is, like, a good thing, you know, or something. I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah. No, I I agree with that. I mean, there was that moment where they just, like, lingered on her having just closed the front door. I think it was right after the plumber came Mm -hmm. or something to pick her up. And it just, like, the camera was just there for, like, 30 seconds. And it was clear she was just waiting for cut. You know, like, she was just standing there by the door, like, smiling and standing still. And it was, like, a solid five seconds. So, yeah, that seemed, like, a little misstep. But, but, yeah, nothing – there was – this moment was inspired by the time that, like, Reba brought Cheyenne – or was it Van? Brought Cheyenne a plate of scrambled eggs into her bedroom. For, like, and it wasn't like she was sick, <laughs> and they just, like, had it sitting on the bed while they were talking. It was, like, so. used as a segue. <laughs> To, like, have her come in, as in, like, here's some scrambled eggs at, like, 11 p.m., now let's have a talk. Right. It was, it was <laughs> very silly, but, yeah. I mean, there was, like, I mean, this was an incongruous, it was a little bit, it was, like, I mean, this is, like, honestly, fairly believable, but it was still just, like, funny, like, thinking back of 2001, of the sister, like, going into Cheyenne's room to get on the internet to, like, get, use her computers, like, clearly, like, the only computer in the house, but then it's also, like, well, where did the, where did she find it on the internet? You know, she doesn't have, like, an iPhone, like, so she just, like, comes up, (laughs) and then it's just, like, also the way they're, like, talking about it, like, it definitely seems like the internet, like, it seemed like there was, like, five websites in the world at that point, and, like, one of them has (laughs) Cheyenne's butt on it, like, 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 oh, like, the only people that voted for it are in the high school because, like, somehow Cheyenne only got two votes. But then it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're also talking about it as if, like, it's one of, it's, like, one of the few websites out there and, like, somehow the 13-year-old girl found it. Yeah. Well, she's I mean, Maybe in. her her friend wrote the, down the URL exactly. you know, on a piece of paper. Like, sure. it's HTTP. Oh, I thought you were going to say her friend, like, did the HTML. And I was like, that honestly seems <laughs> realistic, given, like, what we know about Kira. Um, but, yeah. I mean, no. there's something, like, going... It, there's something random happening at that school. I can see, like, her being the girl that, like, knows about it. Yeah. She's just, like, tapped into... I don't know, shit-talking culture. <laughs> yeah, well, she is the epitome of shit-talking culture. Um, okay. So we got the other, a new, or the, the new category from last week is punching up a Reba joke. And I feel we like We already covered Abby that. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, you I nailed mean, it without even trying. Yeah. So that, the, you're ready to yeah. give Reba notes anytime. She should call you up oh. for the re- reboot. Yeah. The Reba boot. Um, yeah. Oh my God. But I can dream of such things. <laughs> I mean, like, what a gig. What, I Just the writer's room of the Reba reboot. <laughs> the Reba boot. Come Reba on, boot. let me live. <laughs> um, okay, and then... Uh, oh, we don't... We didn't do... Feminist oh, yeah. icon. Yeah. So, like, moment, scene, line, 
where Reba did some, like, real feminist shit? Uh... I mean, honestly, I feel like Cheyenne kind of had the most, like, self-righteous feminist moment of the thing. I mean, Reba did, too, because, as we talked about, like, she kind of, like, told Brock off and was like, I'm, a, like, I can live my own life now. Like, you're being a hypocrite. Um, but when Cheyenne was like, uh, you're being such a Neanderthal, and he's like, it's not fair when you use words I don't understand, like. I laughed at that, <laughs> and I appreciated the whole premise of that conversation. She was calling him a Neanderthal because he was, like, saying, you can't moon people because you're my wife, and I own your butt, you know, but, yeah, anyway. Also, she called him sexist, which that yeah. that struck me because, you know, in 2000, that's a word that we use a lot now, mm-hmm. um, but in 2001, I don't really know if it was used in the same way that we might just like call right call behavior how it is more of an accusation back then yeah yeah exactly it was a it was like a dirty word yeah i mean it's still a dirty word but you know you really had to have something behind it and she just threw it out there i was like damn she's 17 in 2001 and calling people sexist i love this calling her husband sexist you know not just like she's like calling him out but yeah, so I think I think Cheyenne may have kind of taken that seized Reba's moment a little bit. But you know, she's her mother's daughter, so um, are we even surprised? Like, not really. I mean, the same thing happened at the lake. Uh, you know, right when Reba years earlier, <laughs> when okay. Reba was just trying to get a tan. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, right. funny that like it's like. You were kind of expecting, like, the entire wrap-up of the episode to be a little bit more, and, like, literally the last line is like, nope, but they had Polaroids. And it's, and it's like, like ha, ha, ha. Uh, but, um, yeah. it's the same as the internet. I do feel like we could include a new segment that's Reba Tells the Future, and that's when she's like, don't worry, honey, in the in when your baby's grown up, the internet will have a lot more butts than it does now. And I was like, wow, Reba, <laughs> you're so right. Like, it definitely does. It yeah. is strange that her wrap up with that is just like, no, don't worry. Like, boys have always been creepy. <laughs> right. They will always yeah. be there to document you naked. <laughs> and it's and it's also like, like, to be fair, like that's true. But then it's like, her, she said it in the sort of way of like, the key is to just not get that upset about it. You know, like it's like, I well, no. no. I mean, it's still really bad if someone like that's against the law. Like. <laughs> You should get upset if you file a police report. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's like, uh, actually, that website that they did would be characterized now as, like, child porn. So, like, (laughs) they would all be going to court. But, hey, it was 2001. These are wilder times, um, as we all know. It was the Rebaverse. The Rebaverse, exactly. Um, and then Natalie, do you have, or and Abby, if you have one, do yeah. you, but you, is, uh, what am I looking for? We pick uh, a, Reba, a song Reba song that pairs well with this episode. If there's one that comes to Ooh. mind for you, I have a couple suggestions cause you know. Oh, Natalie, I want to hear yours. Well, so the ones that I found, I thought I would have like more to choose from just based on like jealousy being kind of the central theme, obviously. Um, but 
it was not as fruitful as I had thought. So she has, I have two and they're from kind of different ends of her career. First one is why do we want what we know we can't have? Pretty self-explanatory mm. title, kind of looking at Brock here, getting a little bit jealous about his ex-wife, starting to like get back out on the market, etc. This is from her 1983 album, Behind the Scenes. So basically before she was the Reba we know and love today. Um, but it's it's a pretty good song. I have it on my Reba playlist for those of you who have who have listened. Um, and then the second one is called Turn On The Radio, um, which is one of her more recent hits. It's actually a great song. In, it's from 2010, which is kind of later, I think, than most people uh, think of Reba as, like, having good songs. But she actually, she does. And... It's just kind of like basically like a fuck you song. So if you want to like turn me on, turn on your radio is the premise of the thing. So that's a little <laughs> bit more like her telling off Brock, you know, like more or less. I mean, they're both like not perfect fits, but I think some of the general themes are there. She doesn't have if any songs I remember that's... <laughs> If I remember that song correctly, I feel like the big burn in that is that you'll blow your speakers in your car listening to my music yeah. or something like that, <laughs> which is pretty great. It's honestly awesome, especially when you think about it being Reba. Like, if anyone's ever blown their speakers out listening to Reba, like, that's really, like, I don't know what song they were listening to, but... (laughs) They had the bass turned all the way up. They're listening to Fancy, like, with the fucking booming, you know, um, but... That sounds like a challenge, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's like... Next time we're in the car, I'm just going to be, like, cranking the Reba all the way up, seeing what happens. Um, but, yeah, I think yeah. that's all of our yeah. segments. Abby, I mean, is most, there – what were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, I mean, we got all the segments, and I think everything was pretty much, like, in line with episodes. I will say, like, this is an episode where, like, the last episode had so much – such a big, like, to do like a crazy thing happened in that episode about like a football dinner and potato salad and a big and this one was definitely just like a family like living their life fairly like a week at a time sort of thing it's like it also made me kind of think like imagine if the garbage disposal had broken a week before like <laughs> at, at the, the potato salad party situation it's like it would have been absolute chaos if you like were to what if it had broken because barbara jean tried to put the bad potato salad down the garbage disposal i'm just like suggesting a little bit of a rewrite a little bit of a reconfiguration they're trying to stretch like 22 episodes (laughs) they had to split that off but yeah i mean we're still waiting for either of the two younger children to get any Plot line, honestly, any parenting, even. <laughs> I mean, just, like, life lessons are just getting handed down to to the people that are, like, more fully developed, and these two children are just kind of <laughs> parenting themselves, and I don't know, like, like where is this this young son during all of this? Jake, he just, yeah. I worry for him sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
Kira, the middle child, she's, you know, smart and funny. Yeah. And I feel like she's kind of maybe writing in her diary or something. You yeah. know, I have an explanation in my head for where right. she is. But Jake is just, he's a child. You yeah. need to go, ch- t- like, take care of him, someone. <laughs> where yeah. did he go? And, like, every every little bit we get of him is, like, not... It doesn't make me feel any better about like his chances going forward. <laughs> it's just like it's always just like him eating gummy worms or, or like dropping things in lemonade or looking at a rake in a garbage disposal and just being like that's going cool. to a gynecologist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Just all thing, all normal ten year old things. But yeah, so we'll see. I mean, like. Obviously, I haven't seen this whole series, so I don't know. He's going to grow up. I don't know what's going to happen. He's probably, like, so young that, like, like you're just not telling me right now to, like, not spoil the fact that in, like, four years I'm going to realize he has, like, a key role in Shameless. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, one of the brothers in Shameless. You just have to keep watching, you Yeah. Know? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we covered it pretty well. I am, um, thank you for, for going on the journey with us. Yes. Oh, my God, this was so much fun. Thank you for having me. This gave me the absolute best excuse in the world to <laughs> dive back into Reba. And I think you've opened a real can of worms here because now I can't stop. <laughs> a reba can of worms. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can't, like... <laughs> I can't stop. Um, but no, thank you so much um, for coming on. Is there anything you want people to know about uh, where they can find your Reba and non-Reba related work? <laughs> uh, you will not find any of my Reba related work at the 19th, but <laughs> if you dig gender politics and policy, you can check out 19thnews.org. That's where I'm the deputy editor now. Or you can see all my dumb tweets. Uh, I'm a Johnston 12. I mean, like, gender is obviously huge in Reba and among Reba fans. I mean, like, I would like to think that's kind of the driving force behind the sitcom. You know, Reba's coming into her own. She's a survivor, etc. You know, so it's all about it's really extremely related. You might right. consider starting a Reba vertical on the site. <laughs> Same. You know, I'm honestly trying to figure out in what way we could possibly write about Reba now. So thank you for that. <laughs> when, yeah. When you and Andrea are having these meetings, just CC me and I, I'll stay <laughs> out you. of it unless I have a, a good point that I can chime in and then I'll kind of go back on mute. <laughs> Great. I'll be in touch. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you to the people who are listening. I have heard from a few devoted fans that I think I can still count on one hand, but we appreciate you very, very much. Um, You know, tell your friends if you like to subscribe wherever podcasts are available. Um, And yeah, we'll catch you next time.